Hello everybody, welcome back. This week is Parshas Vayetze. And the halachas we're going to start now are the halachas of Chinuch. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to continue this series for a couple of weeks and try to l- learn through all the different halachic aspects that apply to Chinuch of children. Now, Chinuch is one of the most important and essential obligations that we have, and it's something that generations of Klai have given their life for. And when approaching this mitzvah, as with every mitzvah, but in particular with this one, it requires a lot of thought and energy and, and foresight and understanding children and understanding human nature to be successful at it. Now, in the halachic, from a halachic perspective, there are three different categories in the mitzvah of chinuch. The way the term chinuch, as it's most typically used, uh, is in regard to get children used to doing mitzvahs, both mitzvahs essay, the positive commandments, and uh, mitzvahs lesesay. So, for example, we have our children sit in the sukkah, we have them shake lulav, we have them eat matzah, we have them drink arba kaises, and listen to kiddush, and eat lachamishnah, and so on and so forth. All the mitzvahs that we train them to do is a is all a function of chinuch, and likewise we teach them not to uh, do bayrur on Shabbos, and not to turn on the light, and not to do this, and not to do that. All the different things we teach them not to do also is a part of this mitzvah of chinuch. Now, the, uh, the obligation to teach your children and to instruct them how to keep mitzvahs is a concept which is minat taira, meaning to say the taira alludes to this concept. It shows us how important it is. For example, in Parshish Vayera a couple of weeks ago, the taira says that Hashem said that the reason why he loves Avram Avinu is because Avram Avinu is going to teach his children Hashem. He's going to teach, teach his children how to keep Hashem's mitzvahs. The Chukim and the Mishpatim and Rashi explains each word to me in a different um, portion of the Torah. So the Torah alludes to the importance of teaching children how to keep the Torah. But there is no actual commandment in the Torah to be machanoch your children and to obligate children or obligate parents to teach their children how to, to keep Torah mitzvahs. And therefore it is as, although the concept is minatera, the actual obligation is a drabanan obligation. It's a drabanan chiyuv, and uh, there is some question whether exactly who is the drabanan chiyuv on. Is it on the parents? Is it on the children? Is it on both? But regardless, it's a drabanan chiyuv. And there are different ages when we begin chinuch in regard to keeping mitzvahs. It tends to be an older age, and when a key, in regard to stopping from doing averis, like Chil Shabbos, that we start from a younger age. And uh, we will discuss this at length, the Mirat Hashem, how we determine each mitzvah, when is the proper starting time. The second category of chinuch, which is not the way the term is typically used, uh, is actually more severe, and that is the isser to actually feed a child something which isn't kosher, or to ask a child to do any avera, to have a child do an avera on your behalf. And this is actually an isser da'iraisa, that's a terror prohibition, because there's a pusik that forbids us from directly causing a child to do an avera. And this is known as leisachilem, don't feed trefa food to, to, uh, to a child. Uh, and one interesting application of this, just uh, as, as an example, as an interesting application, 
um, where a mother of a Kayan, right, so a woman who's married to a Kayan, whereas she, as a woman, doesn't have the prohibition of going into a cemetery or going into a hospital where there may be a dead person, that doesn't apply to the mother, but if she has a baby that's a little boy, who's a Kayan, she can't take him into a cemetery or can't take him into a hospital because of this Avera of Leisachilam. She can't cause him, even though he's a tiny little kid, to be over an Avera. And this Isra of Leisachilam even starts from baby age. It doesn't have the age limit of Chinuch because it's not a Drabana concept, it's a Deiraisa concept. So even a little baby can't be fed food which isn't kosher. And that obviously has... Um, ramifications when it comes to sometimes health issues where the only food you might be able to feed a child is food that isn't kosher regarding if they have very sensitive um, health needs and that becomes a very big issue because that is a derisive level prohibition. The last category that we find the concept of chinuch is also a questionable terror prohibition and that is on Shabbos. On Shabbos, there's a pasuk that says, that you, your son, your daughter, and your servants should rest. And that, according to some Paiskim, is a Torah prohibition to have a child do a malacha on your behalf. So if a child is doing a malacha for themselves, that's not included in this pasuk. That would be a mitzvah of to stop them if they're old enough. But if a child is doing a, pro- a prohibition on your behalf, that is prohibited, according to some, by this Pasuk in the Torah. So even if a child is very, very young, like a little baby, uh, but they, you want to have them turn on a light for you or turn off a light for you, that could possibly be included in this sister. And we will get to that when the time comes, also when that applies and when that doesn't apply. So in summary, there are three categories of chinuch, the majority of what we're going to be talking about is the durabanan, the, the rabbinic part of chinuch, which refers to our obligation to teach children how to keep mitzvahs and to stop doing averis and what ages that begins. And then there is a deraisa portion, which refers to you can't feed treif, you can't actually cause a child to do an avera of any sort. And then the last category is specific to Helcha Shabbos, that a child can't do a malach on your behalf. And uh, we will, Amir Sashem, try to explain each one of these. Now, <clears throat> as to the overarching question is, when is the right time to begin teaching a child to do any particular mitzvah? So on a general level, the Chazal give us a directive, and then they specify a number of examples. And from their examples, we can deduce the guidelines, even the examples they don't give. And the directive is that when a child is old enough to keep the mitzvah properly is when we begin chinuch, right? So that sounds pretty straightforward. When they're old enough to keep the mitzvah properly, that's when you start chinuch. But what does that mean, old enough to keep the mitzvah properly? What does properly mean? So we see three things in Chazal that define what it means keeping a mitzvah properly. Number one, the child is old enough to learn and perform the mitzvah in its entirety keeping all aspects of the mitzvah, even the parts of the mitzvah which are rabbinic. For example, uh, shaking a lulav, right? So the Torah only requires you to pick up a lulav. doesn't require you to shake it, doesn't require you to go behind and around. Those are all the rabbanan. Um, but the halacha is that you don't have to be mechanach, a child, in shaking a lulav until he's able to learn and perform the mitzvah properly, meaning he can do the nanuim and he can do the whole thing, he can shake it the way it's meant to be shaken. So even though that's only drabanan, but there's no age of chinuch, the age of chinuch is when he can do the whole mitzvah with every aspect of it, when he's old enough to understand and learn and perform the mitzvah in its entirety, that's when the age of chinuch 
begins. So that's number one. Number two, we only obligate a child, children in Chinuch when they are old enough to treat the mitzvah properly with their level, pro- appropriate level of respect. So we don't teach a child to make a bracha if they're going to learn Hashem's name and then go around saying Hashem's name again and again and again and again. I mean, a lot of times that's what happens anyway. But we try to wait until an age uh, where they will treat Hashem's name with, res- with respect. And in truth, there was a custom which isn't really done anymore, but there was a custom that you didn't ch- teach a child originally to make a bracha, to say Baruch Hashem, rather you taught him the bracha in Aramaic, and you told, taught him to say Brich Rachmana Mare de Haipitas. You, you taught him to make the bracha in a different language, so that until he gets old enough to really know how to treat Hashem's name with respect, you te- teach him how to make a bracha, but not with Hashem's name, which is an interesting thing. We'll talk about that, but that's that is because of this consideration. You don't really aren't mechanach if they won't be able to treat it with respect. And the same goes for tefillin and for tzitzis, which we'll talk about in a minute. So that's the second. The second is, is that we only teach a mitzvah when they are ready to give the mitzvah the reverence and respect that it deserves. And number three is that even if a child could learn and could perform a mitzvah properly and treat it with respect, there is still we don't obligate them before they're mature enough to understand what they're doing. So, for example, eating matzah, right? Eating matzah uh, doesn't require a lot of training and doesn't require a lot of thought. A two-year-old can eat matzah and there's no issue of treating matzah without respect. It's not something that needs respect. So, but yet, we don't require a two-year-old to stay up till 10 o'clock at night at the Seder to eat matzah. And the reason is, is because there is also a level of maturity necessary when a child is able to understand what they're doing and appreciate what they're doing so that the mitzvah can become internalized and something that they will continue to keep when they become an adult. So therefore, there's also a minimum age simply that the child should be mature enough to keep mitzvahs and understand what they're doing. Because the idea of chinuch is essentially training. It's training so that they keep these mitzvahs when they become bar or bas mitzvah. So until the child is old enough that that lesson will be learned and uh, internalized and remembered, there is no obligation of, uh, there's no obligation of chinuch. So combining these three principles, we'll see that chinuch will vary greatly from mitzvah to mitzvah, and it will only begin when a child has reached the minimum age of maturity in all these levels. Uh, number one, that he can learn and perform the mitzvah. Number two, he can treat it with, with respect. And number three, he's just old enough to understand what mitzvahs are about. And some, t- some mitzvahs we don't do chinuch at all. Uh, for example, tefillin, like we mentioned earlier, the... Basically, the halacha is you only start from bar mitzvah. So some people start a month before, some people start three months before, some people just start the day of the bar mitzvah. And there is meaning, essentially, there's no chinuch on tefillin, and the reason is is because tefillin need to be treated with great respect, respect, with great reverence, and we hope that adults treat it with the proper respect and reverence. So we certainly don't obligate children to do it, and we prefer that children don't put on tefillin so that they don't disrespect the mitzvah. And tzitzis also is the same kind of thing. Tzitzis also we begin at a very young age, but yet, um, you know, we put it on at the upshare and the three, but they don't necessarily, shouldn't necessarily start wearing tzitzis at that point. They're a little young, they don't really understand it so well, and they can't treat it with respect. They, you know, we all know what happens to kids' tzitzis at that age, um, what they look at, look like after, after they're finished with them. Now, uh, moving on, just to tell, we'll talk a little bit about tzitzis for a moment, <clears throat> and we'll go over this again next time, that uh, it's important to, if you notice that the tzitzis are puzzle, and next time that we meet, we'll talk a little bit more about how to identify when they're puzzle. But if the tzitzis are puzzle, that they're ripped, uh, let's say something which everybody knows is puzzle, it's totally missing one of the corners, right? The whole tzitzis ripped off, right? That's puzzle. So if it's puzzle, 
it's no mitzvah to put it on, it's actually an avera to put it on. So that importance is if you see that it's puzzle, you don't put it on and try to get another pair of tzitzis. But certainly there's no inyan to put it on, it's an avera to put it on, it's the opposite of chinuch. So that's also something to know. Now I, I will admit that I try not to look at my kids' tzitzis. <laughs> I don't think I can afford to look at my kids' tzitzis on, on a regular basis. But uh, when I, I do check it from time to time, and usually at that point, it requires us to get a new pair of tzitzis. So it is something to check from here from time to time and see to it that they are kosher, because otherwise we're not, we're not doing chinuch, we're, we're doing the opposite. So in summary, we learned about three categories of chinuch. There's the drabanan chinuch, which is to teach children how to do mitzvahs and averis. The deraisa is not actually causing a child to do an Avera, that's, that is Daraisa, that the Torah prohibits, and then in Hilcha Shabbos, the similar kind of prohibition, and uh, then we learn that the three, cat- the three levels that we use to determine when a child's old enough for Chinuch is, can they learn the whole mitzvah in its entirety and perform it, can they treat it with respect, and are they old enough to understand what they're doing, and Amir Tzashem will continue going through each individual mitzvah, mitzvah and discussing what's the proper uh, time to start teaching that to children.